Welcome to Checks and Balances. I'm Michael Vincent. This is James Blair. And this week we're joined by Matthew Harris, the Director of Lighthouse Accounting, to talk about why do I need a financial plan? Okay, so at Lighthouse Wealth, the financial advice arm of Lighthouse, we help our clients do lots of things. We help them budget. Uh, we give advice on KiwiSaver, lump sums of where to invest uh advice on where to invest lump sums and regular contributions, investment, property, insurance, blah, 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 blah. But the main thing we do is help people come up with a plan because, and I get asked this question all the time, Matt, is going, hey, James, I've got some money. What do I do with it? And the question is, well, it depends. Depends on what you want to do, where you want to go, what kind of time frame you have to invest, your risk profile, because without a plan, you know, you don't have anything. No, I agree, and and I um I'm I'm going to love this podcast because I'm just ready to drop every quote that I know <laughs> in my repertoire, and I'm going to start with a really good one. Uh, do you want to be a uh, wandering generality or a meaningful specific? Steep. Uh, and so that's a Zig Ziglar quote, one of my favourite sort of motivational people to, to uh, listen to, and it's really relevant because a lot of people go through life earning money buying assets, and we have a number of them in our client base who, who have acquired a number of assets over time, but there's no been no real plan to it. And mm. uh, if they had applied a plan, uh, they would have got a lot further a lot quicker. And nowadays, luckily, we have a wealth arm, and uh, I see these guys coming now, and I, I'm like, hey, you need to speak to the wealth guys. They're going to put a, a plan in place and help you get further quicker. And that's, uh, that's the key outcome of, of a financial plan get to where they want to go quicker and have it really clear. Yeah, because and sometimes people can think, well, a plan or a budget, which they can be two very separate things. Uh, a plan sometimes means, well, I'm, I'm missing out on the moment. Mm. If I have a plan, I don't get to do the fun stuff now. But really what a plan is, is giving you uh, clarity of, of your decision making, understand if you do a little bit here, this is what it can help you achieve over the long term, opposed to, and people we deal with all the time, young kids, busy jobs, very time poor, mm -hmm. is the head in the sand going, I, I just, I don't want to think about this stuff. I'll keep focusing on the things in front of me day to day. But the consequences long term can be very significant. Yeah. And I think the, um, the, the head in the sand piece is something that is so important to touch on. Uh, you know, it is very easy to just be like, I'm too busy. I can't think about this. It's too stressful. I've got too much going on. When, James, how long does it actually take for you? Like, what, what is the investment required from a customer for you to build them a financial plan and time-wise? Probably talking about two one-hour sessions. Yep. Uh, so there's the initial piece where you're doing what we call the discovery, mm. going, tell us about your financial position. Most people can, can rally that off quite, quite quickly. The really tricky thing is going, well, where do you want to go? Mm. What is important to you? What are your values? What does your future look like? Yep. And they're very easy questions to ask, very difficult questions to answer. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, you know, when you've got um, a couple in front of you, they might have quite different answers. Yep. Because you, know, you don't sit around the table going, honey, Matthew, where do we want to be in 10 years? That's not what you want to do at the end of a hard day. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, just to boil that down, that's two hours. Right, that's two hours of your time to build a finance to get someone to build a financial plan for you, um, which can have a dramatic impact on where you end up throughout the course of your life and moving into retirement as well. And I think you know, 
jump in here and say, well, what if I'm someone who doesn't uh, plan very well or don't like planning? Well, think about your day-to-day life. Do you plan your holidays? Mm. Do you do your New Year's resolutions? Do you do a shopping list? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Some people wouldn't. Some people just turn up. I just turn up and it's always a disaster. (laughs) Generally hungry. Very strange trolley at the end of it. Um, And the the clarity of thought is probably the biggest thing. So you might have this ambition, I want to be financially free at, say, 50, for example. And we can have that discussion and go, all right, you want to be financially Mm. free at 50. These are the things you need to do. You do these things, save this amount per year, invest here with this level of risk. And you might go, well, I don't want to do that because I want to enjoy myself now. And that's great because we're having a discussion. And you go, all right, if you retired at 55, this is what it looked like instead. Do you enjoy your job? Actually, I do. I'm not in any rush. I just don't want to feel tied to my job. And you can have that kind of quite um, robust discussion to give people clarity and go, and because usually at the end of the plan, I'm a simple guy with a simple plan. And I'll go, we're doing these three things consistently for a long period of time. Uh, it might be we're paying down our mortgage, we've made an active choice of our key, we say, but we're buying an investment property, we've got a will, the right insurance, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to consistently do those things over time. Yep. The other reason a plan's really good, it stops you from doing stupid stuff. Mm. Uh, I was going to describe that another way. But the amount of calls I get going, hey, James, want to buy some gold? Want to um, invest in some crypto when you've never never, never done it done it before? There's no plan behind it. Uh, let's not get in a rant. The looks that. shot across the table right then. <laughs> uh, or I want to invest in my, I don't know, I want to help my brother into a property or something like that. Mm, you mm. can always just bring them back to the plan mm. and go, all right, well, if you do those things, if it works out really well, yep. this is the impact. If it works out bad, this is the impact. You make a decision because it's your life. You yep. decide what's important to you and, and what you want to do. Yep. How is your crypto portfolio, James? It's, a... <laughs> it's, going, it's going okay. I, um, for those, have I mentioned this before? You have, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. $200, $200 a fortnight, a little bit of self-education. Definitely got to get a crypto specialist. I definitely do want to do a little series because we get asked a lot about it. Yeah, so I, I, I am joking. I was half joking with that question, but I think that is an important point that, you know, so if, if we analyze that, the, James wanted to start investing in crypto to learn about it. So then he thinks, okay, here is my plan. Um, how do I fit that goal or that want of investing in crypto into that plan? So, okay, something that's not going to impact me but will give me what, what, I, what I want is I'll drip feed $200 on a regular basis in there and here's the impact to the rest of my plan, right? And I think that's sort of a, a real-life example of, of a way that you can build those wants into a, uh, into a plan instead of just going, I'm going to take 50 grand and dump it all into Dogecoin and see what happens. Yeah. Um, so what is the first step for a financial plan? So firstly, I mean, obviously I'd like – like everybody do with a financial advisor, but appreciate that some will want to go on that DIY, that self-education journey. The first thing you've got to think about to have a plan is to write a goal. Mm -hmm. So I I like to think about a primary goal. And the reason why a primary goal is really important is people have lots of goals. And sometimes those goals can be conflicting. A big one that I always hear about is James want a batch. And I go, well, if you want a batch, this retirement 50 thing is not going to happen because mm. it's essentially just a sunk cost, an additional million dollars of debt or yep. or whatever it, whatever it might I be. I always refer to them as a lazy asset. Yeah. yeah. Laziest asset on anyone's personal balance sheet. Mm. Mm. Yep. So then, then you go, well, and the other thing I go is if you're, rent, if you're renting out a place, they're a nice place down mm. where you want to have the batch and it costs you 
you know, 300 bucks a night, mm. is that a better allocation of capital than spending a million dollars on a batch? Mm. So coming back to your question, Mike, the primary objective is really important. What is the most important thing to you in terms of your financial plan? Yep. Um, they can be shorter term goals and they can be longer term goals. So a short term goal might be um, clearing off personal debt. Maybe you've gotten into bad habits around credit cards or personal loans and you want to clear those off. Maybe you want to purchase your first home. Maybe you want to retire by 50, be able to maintain your lifestyle in retirement, um, whatever, whatever it might be. Some additional goals off the back of that are probably where the kids are going to get involved. Mm -hmm. If you go, that's important to me. I want to help kids with uh, student loans, university, school fees, obviously helping them into their first home. Mike pretty much alluded to the best plan for a first home is to use the bank of mum and dad. So <laughs> that's, that's got to be in quite a few uh, financial, financial plans. But I always talk about, and I mentioned this in a, a very early podcast, maybe episode two or episode three, that you can't put your kids before your own personal financial mm -hmm. financial goals. You can't sacrifice your retirement to help them. And sometimes I have those discussions and I go, I look at them and I go, I'm just wasting my breath here, aren't I? Because <laughs> yeah. when you're talking about family and what's important to you, it can be quite hard. Mm. So that primary goal as a starting point is really important. Then you need to start getting a bit more specific than what we call a SMART goal. Yep. So making it um, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic time frame. Can't believe I remembered all of those. Yeah. <laughs> well done. So, so like, for example, I want to retire at 50. Okay, what income are you going to have? I want $100,000. When are you going to do it? 50. What house are you going to live in? Are you going to travel? You, you're putting measurable goals around it so you know know what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you can get quite quite smart around what's what's happening there. Then the last piece of the three-step process, because once again, simple guy, simple plan, is what do you need to do today to achieve that goal? So if you've got 12 months, one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, what do you need to do day-to-day -to, -day to achieve that goal? Yep. So that might be an extra $100 off, off the mortgage. It might be setting up a KiwiSaver, might be getting comfortable enough with the risk of an investment property and mm buying an investment property and buying and holding for a period of time, whatever it might be. And if you can't commit to that day-to-day -day action, that means you're not going to be able to achieve your goal, which means you need to change your primary goal and then work out what actions you can take day-to-day. -day. Yeah. No, and that's that's a really good point, right? It starts with the, the high level, boils down to the actions that you need to be taking on a day-to-day -day basis to achieve those. So, okay, James, I've got my plan. It's locked in. I know where I want to go. Now, I'm going to drop a quote in here, uh, and you and I, you and you and I found this out. Yeah, yeah, You and you and I found this out when we did a corporate boxing match. Me, uh, probably more than you, uh, is everyone has a plan to like get punched in the face, and perhaps <laughs> leading with the chin isn't the most uh, effective way to win a fight. Um, um, so what? So how often should I be reviewing this? What happens if something goes wrong? What happens if I do get punched in the face and, and I lose my job or something like that? You know, what happens in those situations? Will you hold your retort on the quote? I will, for now. Okay. <laughs> That's, good. That's good. I mean, I would like to point you out that yesterday you said I couldn't use that quote because it was too too cheesy, but that's, <laughs> that's okay. So you should be reviewing your plan annually. That's a really good a good starting point. You don't want to be, and it's just like your investments, you don't want to be looking at them all the time because it stresses you out and a plan shouldn't be fundamentally fundamentally changing. The question around what happens if your situation changes dramatically, sometimes I get asked, hey, James, 
what's the point of having a plan when I don't know what my life looks like long term? And those that don't have a plan plan to fail, essentially. Mm. Oh, there he is. Here, here we go. <laughs> uh, so if you don't have a plan, yep, don't plan because you don't know what's going to happen in the future. But reality check, nobody knows what's going to happen in the future. You can adjust your situation on the fly based off what happens in, in the future. So maybe you move geographical regions, maybe you move overseas, you can you can adjust, you have to help a family member, you can adjust all those things in their plan. But I talk about generally that some things will work out better in your financial plan, maybe your income, maybe the value of your house, maybe your investments, maybe you start a business that goes really well, whatever. Some things will work out worse than you expect. So maybe you decide we want to spend, go down to one income because it's really important that we spend more time at home with the with the kids or the value of our assets haven't gone up as much as we expected or whatever it might be. Some things will work out better, some things will work out worse yep. and you'll end up in a similar sort of position at the end of it. It's just the way you get there will look different from where you started. I'm gonna jump in with my quote now and which is gonna be followed by a question which is relevant to the quote. So back to Zig Ziglar, what he says uh, is uh, motivation is like bathing. It's something you have to do daily, which I really like. But how do you keep people motivated with a financial plan? What well, the, the answer is the plan. So if you don't have a plan, money is money's hard to you know continue to save, continue to make the right decisions where you can go out and buy some clothes, go out and rinse at a bit of a lunch, have a, mm -hmm. have a good time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Look at you going, can't wait until red light so we can do some of these things. <laughs> Friday, Amano. <laughs> See you at 8am. <laughs> um, but, but if you've got the plan, you it helps you understand the implications of going away from it. So you can go, hey, if I continually spend that extra $100 a week, I'm not. I'm going to have to retire at 70 instead of 65 or whatever it might mm. be. So that's where the motivation comes in. The other piece that works, Mike, uh, Matt, sorry, is people turn around to me sometimes and go, oh, crap, I'm going to see James in a month's time. If I don't get my stuff sorted, uh, we're going to get in trouble. Uh, and sometimes I know there's conversations at the dinner table where they're talking about something and they go, what would James think? And I think it's quite helpful in New Zealand. <laughs> Sorry, did you did you just slot yourself into a religious quote there? What would Jesus do? What would James think? <laughs> I mean... I promise this isn't a vanity project. I'm scared of James yeah. too, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but in, a, in, all, in all seriousness, in a world where we don't talk about money, money mm. is very taboo, nobody, like if you make a bad financial decision, <laughs> unless it gets very bad and you end up on the side of the street, mm. most people won't know. Mm. But if you have that point of accountability, just like a, a personal trainer at, at the gym or uh, you've got to go and see your teacher or your um, your professor or whatever it might be, you've got that point of accountability, which is very helpful in, in all aspects of life. Yep. Mm. Great. Okay. So we're going to wrap it up there. The other point I'd probably make is, and Matt alluded to this before we started the podcast, is a financial plan can look different to different people. Maybe you've got that advisor and you've got that person keeping you accountable. Maybe you're doing your... New Year's resolutions are a bit cheesy, but if you're reflecting on what you've achieved over the last 12 months, setting realistic goals for the next 12 months, that's that's a form of a plan. So just make sure that you're taking time to think about your future. You shouldn't be investing more time into your job than you are into yourself and where you want to go. And as Mike alluded to, the time to do it isn't huge. So we'll see you next week. Please make sure to subscribe on YouTube, give us a review on Apple, and we'll catch you then. Cheers. Cheers.